Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Um, I'm Nicole Mann, campus pastor here with my husband, Steve. And today is a bit more of a teaching type preach, more than a preaching that I would normally do. But it's great to remember who we are and what we are here for, what we're on the planet for. And I love one of the verses in John that talks about Jesus. It said, Jesus knew where he came from, whose he was and where he was going. And I think that is why he was able to do and be everything that he was, as Jesus, Lord and Saviour. And I believe that is what God wants for us, that we would know where we've come from, whose we are and where we're going, what we're here for, what purpose we're here for. So I want to share on that today, and it might be for some of you a reminder of what you have got within you. For others, it might be something new. So we're sharing it's basically God's gifts. It's about what God has put in you. So you were shaped to serve God. God formed every creature on this planet with a special area of expertise. Some run, some hop, some burrow, some fly. And everyone has, every one of these creatures has a particular role to play based on the way it was shaped by God. I still don't understand what mosquitoes and cockroaches were about, but I've talked to God about that in heaven. And the same is true with humans. Each of us was uniquely designed or shaped to do certain things. Before architects design any building, they first ask, what will be its purpose? How will it be used? The intended function always determines, determines the form of the building. And before God created you, he decided what role he wanted you to play on earth. He planned exactly how he wanted you to serve him, and then he shaped you for those tasks. You're the way you are because you were made for a specific ministry. Not only did God shape you before your birth, he planned every day of your life to support this shaping process. In Psalm 139, 16, David says, every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. That's very comforting, isn't it? And this means that nothing that happens in your life is insignificant. God uses all of it to mould you for your ministry to others and to shape you for the service for him. And God never wastes anything. The Bible says you are wonderfully complex. You are a combination of many different factors. So by identifying and understanding these factors, you can understand God's will for your life. And to help you remember this, Rick Warren from Purpose Driven Church, he has made um, an acronym or an acrostic of shape. So whenever God gives us a sign, he always equips us with what we need to accomplish this. And this is, this is shape. So S is for spiritual gifts, H is for heart, A is abilities, P, personality, and E, experience. So ministry is using what God has uniquely given you to uniquely serve him and the needs of others. And the above five factors will help you determine where you can best serve him with joy, fulfillment, and fruitfulness. And that's what we want, isn't it? Yes, it is, Nicole, yes. Mm -hmm. Discovering your set of spiritual gifts, heartfelt passions, abilities, personalities, and life experiences, it will help you understand how God has designed you to uniquely serve. 
and he takes ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary things through them. So you are shaped to serve God. 1 Corinthians 12 says, As the Holy Spirit displays God's power through each of us as a means of helping the entire church. It's really powerful, isn't it? The spiritual gift is a special ability given by the Holy Spirit to every believer at their conversion to be used to minister to others. And, and the Holy Spirit enters new believers, their use and purpose need to be understood so we can be developed for us spiritually. The spiritual gift is like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it becomes. And you see people that seem to be functioning in a lot of different spiritual gifts. It's probably because they haven't hid them under a bushel. They've been working them and using them. And I sometimes think of that parable of the talents, where someone had five, two, one talent, and those that used it. So the guy that had five, he developed them and had ten, and then God gave him the other guy. He ended up with eleven. You think, well, that's not fair, but he worked them and used them. And that's what, what happens. So it's like a muscle, something that we use, it gets stronger and stronger. So here's a few truths about spiritual gifts. Only believers, Christians, have spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 2, 14, 2 says you can't earn or work for a spiritual gift. He said before they're given to us at our conversion. Ephesians 4, 7 um, says the Holy Spirit decides what gifts I get. Okay, you've got to trust him with that. Why did I get this? Why did I get that? What's that for? There is a purpose. First <laughs> Corinthians 12, 11, I'm to develop the gifts God gives me. Romans 11, 29, it's sin to waste the gifts God gave me. So some scriptures there, using my gift honors God and expands me. So there's some good things. It would be great to uh, have a look at those verses during the week and look into those. So unwrapping my gifts. God desires you to know the spiritual gifts he has chosen for you. It says, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it shall be opened. So Lord, let me more about his gifts to us and the many ways we can use those gifts within the church. It's a lifelong process. It's not like just all discover at the day you were born again and then you travel along. And again, I feel like when you start using things, more things open up and you're like, oh, I need that now to minister in a different area or in a different way. So it's a very powerful thing. And we want to be disciples, and disciples are lifelong learners. So it's great to, even in this area, be looking at the process and seeing what God is bringing out. The Bible does not lock us into tight restrictions as to the number of spiritual gifts or even their definitions. So the four major lists of gifts can be found in four different chapters in the Bible. And again, I can send these to you during the week for you to have a look at and study and go into some areas. So it's Romans 12, 3 to 8, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 11, 27 to 31, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, and 1 Peter 4, 9 to 11. And there are other passages that mention or illustrate gifts that are not included in these um, lists. And one person can have many gifts. This list can serve as a helpful guideline, giving us ideas about the kind of gifts that God gives. The key is to find the areas in which the Holy Spirit seems to be supernaturally empowering your service to others. 
So as you read through the list, you can prayerfully consider if that biblical definition for each of the gifts describes you. You can remember that you have you can have more than one gift and everyone has at least one. So don't tell me how many gifts I know that you have. So I emailed you um, a whole lot of attachments and one of them, the first one was um, the list. This, this is a different one that I've sent you guys before, but you can listen to these and see if something stands out for you. There's administration, apostle, discernment, encouragement, evangelism, faith, giving, healing, hospitality, leadership, mercy, miracles, pastoring, praying with my spirit, preaching, service, teaching and wisdom. And when you read the definitions that were sent through, I think some things would have jumped out for many of you. Oh, with, with the description, oh, that is me. And things aren't always what they would seem in a secular world. For instance, I have come up very high on the gift administration. Now, my mind goes to admin. That's what happens at my church office where it's the people that do the books and the HR. And I hate that stuff and I am terrible at it. And I have to put in my claims forms. I'm stressed. It is not a natural gift. I'm like, how do I have an administration gift? But when I had a look at what it means spiritually, administration, I was like, oh, I get that. Ability to recognise the gifts of others and recruit them to a ministry. I love that. That is probably my most passionate thing. Like, I'm really hoping you all want to catch up with me this week and go, come on, Nicole, talk to me about my gifts and how I can be used. I just, I, I get the most joy. I get more joy doing that and releasing you into gifts than I do doing my thing, you know, because then that is my thing. So anyway, that's, <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> the ability to organise and manage people, resources and time for effective ministry. So I've looked at other people that I work with who've got administration, for instance. Um, we, most of us have become, we've run departments. So I was a kids church pastor for seven years at Hepburn Heights with 150 kids. And you were running a lot of different, you've got a lot of balls in the air, a lot of things that you're organising. We started a church campus. There wasn't a church, and now there's a church. I would sit going, I'm going to need communion cups, I'm going to need communion cards, I'm going to need worship team, I'm going to need this, I'm going to need to recruit this. I, mean, I just loved it. I remember my friends, Kathy Brennan and Clancy, said, I don't think I've ever seen you so excited, <laughs> you know, in the time that we've known you, because I was passionate to be able to create something from nothing, and I knew how to do that. That's an administration gift. That's not doing graphs. <laughs> so the same thing, you might go, oh, that's not what I think it is. Spend some time studying and reading what the biblical meaning of that gift is, and you might be surprised. I think you'll find that it's it's very accurate. So I want to really encourage you to do, to do that. So the second thing is H, which is heart. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. The Bible uses the term heart to describe a bundle of desires, hopes, interests, ambitions, dreams, and affections that you have. Your heart represents the source of all your motivation, what you love to do and what you care about most. Even today, we still use it in the way of, oh, I love you with all my heart. The Bible says, as a face is reflected in water, 
so the heart reflects the person. And your heart reveals the real you. What you truly are, what not, what are, not what others think or what circumstances have formed you to be. Your heart determines what you say, why you say the things that you do, why you feel the way that you do, and why you act the way you do. And in the same way, God has given each of us a unique emotional heartbeat that races when you think about the subjects, activities or circumstances that interest us. We instinctively care about some things and not about others. And there are clues. Um, these are clues as to where we should be serving. So another word for heart is passion. And passion are desires and purposes that bring us joy. There are certain subjects you feel passionate about and other things you could not care less about, right? So we even see this in church circles, beyond which is our local, global and regional missions. You know, someone will be getting passionate about Bali life and thinking, well, why are you all going to Bali? Why are you all looking after the orphans here? And someone else is like, I don't want to do that. Pilbara, I want to do some people up there, and that's what I'm passionate about. And wondering why other people don't want to go and do that. And then you've got, you know, angel hands. I just absolutely love when we go and take the Christmas gifts to these families where someone in the family is incarcerated and they wouldn't have had these beautiful Christmas gifts if we hadn't come there. Just the joy. It's seriously like the highlight of my weekend to do that. I just think it's absolutely wonderful. So there's things like that, grandparents, room, grandchildren. Operation Shoebox. We have a lady at Hepburn Heights campus, Heidi who all year round is collecting stuff for these shoeboxes to send to the children. Millions of lives have been impacted for Christ because of that beautiful ministry. But that's not everyone's cup of tea. But you will know what your purpose is according to what things you get passionate about. Some experiences turn you on and catch your attentions and other ones just bore you to tears. But it helps reveal the nature at your heart and what makes you tick. So, there's three ways in which your heart or passion can be directed. It can be passion for a role, what you like to do, a passion for specific people whom you like to help, and a passion for a cause, what you would like to see changed. So again, another one of the attachments here had these. So you've got what you know, what stands out for you. I love to design and develop. I love to pioneer. I love to organise. Very welcome to come to my house and do my wardrobes if you've got a gift in that area. <laughs> Operate and maintain. Serve and help. Acquire and possess. I did not have that one. I did not like shopping. Doesn't did not enjoy that at all. But I do like getting the best price when I do do this. <laughs> Excel. Influence. Perform. Improve. Repair. For me, lead stood out. Um, persevere. Follow the rules, prevail, and others. So it's good to have a look at these attachments. And one of the other attachments there um, was acknowledging what people you like working with, what sort of people. For me, that stood out. I love you know, working in women's ministry, and I love parenting and marriage, and seeing people strong in those areas. But there's like two pages of different causes of people that might attract your attention, which helps you work out what your passion is and what your heart is. And then we come to A, abilities. There are different abilities to perform service, 1 Corinthians 12, 6. Your abilities are the natural talents that you were born with. All our abilities come from God. 
The Bible says God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. And you can see that when you have a little toddler. Some of them just come out and for us, our little granddaughter, she can just sing. It's pitch perfect. She just picks up words. There's a natural ability which is understandable knowing her parents and the lineage that she has. You see other kids, they come out and they can, they've got amazing eye-hand foot coordination and they are, you know, catching, throwing, kicking the ball and you're like, oh my goodness, they didn't learn. They can't learn and develop these things, but they're God-given talents. And so we all have those as well and we get to choose whether we use them for God. Um, since your natural abilities are from God, they are just as important as your spiritual gifts. And the only difference is that you're given them at birth, whereas the spiritual gifts came at conversion. So one of the most common excuses people give for not serving is, I don't have any abilities to offer. Well, this is ludicrous because you have dozens, probably hundreds of unchecked, unrecognised and unused abilities that are laying dormant inside you. Many studies have revealed that the average person possesses between 500 and 700 talents and things and skills that they have. So it's far more than you realise. The thing is, we often take these for granted because they're natural talents we're born with. Not, can't everyone do that? I'm sure Lee Kelly goes, can't everyone paint? I'm sure you could, I could teach you to paint, so you really couldn't do that. <laughs> and other, you know, it, every ability can be used for God's glory. Paul says in the word, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. The Bible's filled with examples of different abilities that God uses for his glory. I know for those of us who are reading the Bible in one year, um, we think of Leviticus. <laughs> but reading about the way the Holy Spirit anointed different craftsmen to build the, the temple and the ark, and all of these different gifts and talents and skills were used and anointed for the glory of God. There are different abilities to perform service, but the same God gives ability to all for their particular service. So God has a place in the church where your specialties can shine and you can make a difference. It's up to you to find that place. What I'm able to do, what God wants me to do. You're the only person on earth who can use your abilities and we need them. No one else can play your role because they don't have the unique shape that God has given you. The Bible says God equips you with all you need for doing his will. To discover God's will for your life, you should seriously examine what you were going, uh, what you're good at doing and what you're not good at doing. So then there was another attachment that I sent with abilities page and had lots of um, lots and lots of things that people can do and skim through those. But I have this amazing talent that wasn't on there. I can play the spoons. Sounds like, all right, I don't have actually been able to use that for the glory of God yet, but you know, it's on my list. <laughs> and the next one is P for personality. Your personality will affect how and where you use your spiritual gifts and abilities. For instance, two people might have an evangelism gift. One's an extrovert, one's an introvert. That gift is going to come out and look very different in how they evangelise and work through that, use that gift and be expressed in different ways. And Rick Warren has this um, great quote, woodworkers know that it's easier to work with the grain rather than against it. In the same way, when you are forced to minister in a manner that is out of character for your temperament, it creates tension and discomfort 
requires extra effort and energy and produces less than the best results. This is why mimicking someone else's ministry never works. You don't have their personality. Besides, God made you to be you. You can learn from the examples of others, but you must filter what you learn through your own shape. Like stained glass, our different personalities reflect God's light in many colours and patterns. This blesses a family of God with depth and variety. It also blesses us personally. It feels good to do what God made you to do. When you minister in a manner consistent with the personality God gave you, you experience fulfillment, satisfaction, and fruitfulness. Isn't that true? It's obvious that God hasn't used a cookie cutter to stamp out people in a process of uniformity. He's not like that. He loves variety. Just look around. Look at all of you like. <laughs> we need opposites to balance the church. No one has a right or a wrong temperament. The personality traits listed below are grouped in four couples and each with sort of two opposing tendencies. So that was another attachment that I sent to you. So we had whether you were extrovert or introvert, you had um, four different couplings. So you can have, yeah, have a look at those. And each of those combinations will affect how you minister. And the last one is E, experiences. Romans 8.28, we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. You've been shaped by your experiences in life, most of which are beyond your control. You didn't determine which family you were born into or what nation or what socioeconomic level, what you looked like. You didn't, you didn't get any of those options, what school you went to. But God allowed them for his purpose of following you. Determining your shape for serving God, you can examine at least five kinds of experiences from your past. So there's ministry experiences, how have you served in God in the past? Work experiences, what jobs have you been most effective in and enjoyed most? Educational experiences, what were your favourite subjects in school? Spiritual experiences, what have been your most meaningful times with God? and painful experiences. So from what problems, hurts, thorns and trials have you learned? It's this last category, painful experiences, that God uses the most to prepare us for ministry. God never wastes a hurt. In fact, your greatest ministry will likely come from out of your greatest hurt. Who could better minister to a child with down syndrome than a parent who has experienced that, or someone who's come out of addictions and come into freedom. Their experience is able to help someone else find those pathways of freedom. There's so many of our experiences. I know there's things that I hated going through, but years later was able to minister to people who seemed like the exact same scenario. And they're like, you've been there, you get this. And I knew what was going to minister to them effectively and what, what things weren't going to be helpful. You know, some people say things and you're like, oh dear, that's not good. <laughs> but we have those, we go, God allows you to go through those painful experiences to equip you to minister to others. Second Corinthians 1, was says, He comforts us in all our troubles so we can comfort others. When others are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. I remember 
reading that verse and it's standing out years ago and, and just dwelling on that and saying, thank you, God, for the things you've been through. If it helps to minister to others, it's been worth it. So if you really desire to be used by God, and I really hope and believe that you do, you must understand a powerful truth. The very experiences that you've regret, resented or regretted in your life, the ones you wanted to hide and forget, are the experiences God wants you to use to help others. These are your, your ministries. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.